Good morning and welcome to The Culture Cult. It is that Tuesday time again where you're joined by myself, Bex and Maria. Good morning. Today, our studio is a little bit of a cafe um, setting we've turned it into. We are having our coffee cups read by a professional uh, cup reader from Divine Tarot Energy Funda. We'll be reading our cups. They're sitting outside the studio, ready. Um, we've got to let the coffee form onto the plate so it's able to be read. And apart from that, we have... We have an exciting interview also with Mario of Mario's, the iconic cafe with the red sign on Brunswick Street. It's been yeah, a Melbourne for locals would, would recognise it. We're recapping uh, events of the weekend. Yes, my weekend was full of community radio happenings. The first was Three Triple Z, so another community broadcaster in Melbourne, the ethnic um, broadcaster broadcasting in 68 languages, would you believe? They had their celebratory 30-year ball on Saturday night, so that was lovely, went along to that. And then on the <laughs> Sunday morning, I was up nice and early at the Community Cup, the RecLink Community Cup, which is a charity football match between some of the community radio broadcasters in Melbourne versus the local musicians. So yeah, even my social life is is bound by community radio. A beautiful social life. Our first song we're going to get into is by French artist Angel, Balance Ton Quoi. Um, so let's give this a spin. You're on the Coach Cult on Sin. That was Yorgo Alkeo. Uh, no, not Yorgo Alkeo. Yorgos Mazonakis. Uh, it's okay because I didn't understand what you said, but you did. He's a Greek legend of the Laiko genre. That song was called Inopnevmaftino. It means I spit methylated spirits. Beautiful. Is that a literal translation? No, I no. hope not. I hope not. <laughs> Imagine. Uh, I think he means when, like, scorned from love scorned from love that he spits methylated spirits. These songs are very descriptive. They're and very passionate. Passionate, lots of metaphors. But if you ever want to look him up, uh, his name is completely phonetic, Mazonaki, M-A-Z-O-N-A-K-I. That's from his 2019 new album. Which, yeah. And before that... Balance Ton Quoi by Angel. Um, really dreamy pop song that one is. So a French artist obviously um, there. This is The Culture Cult on Sin with Maria and Bex. So it's an exciting day today. We're talking about a lot of things related to coffee and community. And anybody who knows Brunswick Street in Melbourne will recognise there's an iconic red LED sign, warm Italian hospitality and community art displays of Mario's Cafe and Restaurant. The venue's been a presence on Brunswick Street since 1986 when it was founded by Mario Macaroni and Mario De Pasquale. And it's known today as a pretty much a Melbourne uh, institution. We're joined in the studio. We're joined today by Mario Macaroni from the Culture Cult. Uh, Welcome to the Culture Cult, Mario. Good morning. Pleasure to have you on the show this morning. Um, Now, Mario's was opened back in the 80s, which was quite different to the Brunswick that we're familiar with today. It's become quite gentrified and a bit of a hipster centre, if you will. What inspired you and Mario at the time to create Mario's? Well, uh, back in the 1980s, um, Fitzroy was um, not possibly the most desirable area, so... Rents were very inexpensive, 
and there were lots of students and artists and musicians living in the area, living in shop fronts. In fact, most of Brunswick Street mm-hmm. was boarded up, shop fronts that uh, uh, students or, as I say, musicians, artists were living in, you know, blanket on the front window. And um, we, these people needed to eat and we felt that it was a, uh, we were just a, really at the right time opened up to um, see the crowd, the, what was the alternative crowd in Fitzroy at the time. And it started as a very local Fitzroy thing, um, but as one year rolled into the next, it sort of broadened, and within, I guess, five years, by the early 90s, a fair amount of Melbourne had woken up to the fact that there was something going on down in Brunswick Street or in Fitzroy generally, and more and more uh, like-minded operators started opening up in the area, Um, and that that went for quite a long time until it kind of started going the other way, which might have been about 10 years ago when I think we had a way too many operators who were just there thinking they could come to Fitzroy to make a quick buck. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of them have now come and gone and sort of feel a little bit bit of a... I don't know if resurgence is the right word, but there's a little bit of an honesty valve that might have been let off in recent years. And Mm. um, there's some good stuff going on in the back streets. I mean, Collingwood is more obvious at the moment, but um, I think... uh, um, Fitzroy's still kind of got something to offer. So that's a, like a brief history of the last 30 years. There's a lot more detail, I guess. but Definitely sounds like that community and culture was building um, in, that, in that time for many artists, many people. And uh, Mario, yourself and Mario, uh, you were both in the, uh, I think, fine dining and restaurant uh, sort of work. Um can you tell us about uh, how did how did you first come up with the idea, or what was the catalyst to creating your own cafe restaurant? Um, well, both of us had worked um, predominantly in top end kind of restaurants um, at the time, and it was a much smaller scene um, than it is now uh, by a long shot. And um, we felt <coughs> a little disenchanted with it in some ways and uh, you know I was someone I was hanging around Fitzroy and I worked in fact um, at the place called the Black Cat now the Black Cat was not as it is now but back in those days the Black Cat was run by Henry Mars and Tony Edwards and it was a you know sandwich shop coffee shop that in a way was attracting the same crowd that I eventually went on to attract except it had no kitchen. So I'd worked there, but we had this food background and we hadn't a kind of connection to Fitzroy and we just felt that Melbourne, or certainly that inner north, was looking for inexpensive uh, food and we just thought we could bring some of our restaurant knowledge and we kind of steered away from the expensive ingredients. So, you know, we worked in restaurants that were where seafood was expensive or lobster and things like that, which, of course, we didn't dare do down here. But we, you know, had a kind of 
take on vegetarian food, so we mm. were serving lots of Italian-style vegetarian dishes. I mean, we were serving meat, <clears throat> not unlike what we do now, in fact. And we still have meat, but we still have a fair amount of vegetable on offer because um, Italian cuisine is kind of heavy with vegetarian food well, and small amounts of meat as opposed to large amounts of meat and a small amount of vegetable. Yeah. Um, and so we, we, that, that was part of the impetus. We, we felt that there was something to offer um, and that we, we, you know, we were influenced by good food, but we also were influenced by places like Pellegrini's and Campari, which you may or may not know of, but and they yes, were but Pellegrini's, which, <laughs> yeah, Pellegrini's, which you obviously do know about, was basically, you know, this in and out, come in, have a bowl of pasta or have a cup of coffee, it's not meant to be fancy, you're in and out in 20 minutes or as long as you feel you need. And we just thought that, and I love that model, but we wanted to <clears throat> sort of take the food to another level. Sorry, there goes my phone. I'll just leave that room for a second. You've got a more important sorry. call happening now. Uh, that, that, I'm sitting in the office, inevitably. That was <laughs> um, so we, we felt that it was uh, a food thing, but we were trying to make it more accessible, um, which, you know, now, you know, uh, there are thousands or... I don't want to say thousands, but hundreds and hundreds of cafes where there's all sorts of cuisine that is accessible. But back in the 80s, there wasn't. There mm. really was just a handful of places that were serving pretty straight-ahead fare, and we felt that we could lift the game. Um, you know, and, you know, we're making gnocchi and ravioli, doing things by hand that... Back then, you know, you would be going to a very fancy restaurant to get that stuff. You are listening to The Culture Cult on Sin, and we're speaking with Mario of Mario's on Brunswick Street in Melbourne. We're talking about um, coffee culture and obviously a lot of Italian heritage there. Um, Now, in a time where, you know, a lot of our communication, even with family and friends, is done online. I think there's something really special about getting together with family and friends, sharing a meal, sharing a coffee. And, yeah, we can head down to Mario's to check that out. I wanted to ask before we let you go, has the tastes changed over the years? Like, have you had to adapt the menu significantly over that time? Well, yes. Inevitably, uh, tastes have changed in numerous ways. Coffee particularly, um, you know, coffee was, uh, you know, predominantly an Italian-style coffee and um, uh, and there's no doubt that the coffee cultures evolved immensely uh, in, and particularly in the more recent 10 years. But food culture has as well because really people were... The audience was um, starved of so much stuff that... Um, now, you know, we have so many different cultures uh, providing um, accessible food. I mean, in the old days, it was basically Chinese pizzas and pubs. Um, and now, you know, so many different nationalities um, all over town offering fare that is uh, accessible. Um, 
you know, makes Melbourne... And I, I do travel quite a bit in my business partner at the moment in Europe. And, uh, you know, we're, Melbourne's an awesome place to be eating and drinking. Definitely. <laughs> and that's an evolution. There's no doubt that that's an evolution. It is a worldwide phenomena. It's, you know, if you went to London in, in the 1980s, food was terrible. If you go there now, it's fantastic. Mm. The same of America, the big cities in America where there was tragic food 30 years ago. Now... Uh, those places are, in a funny way, leading the way. And Melbourne and Australia, dare I say, um, is part of that now. And uh, and we were kind of front-runners in a lot of ways because we weren't locked into any particular culture. So we were able to um, put things out there for people to try. And it's been embraced, which is blatantly obvious when you see how many eating houses there are around town. You've definitely been a big part of building that culture in Melbourne and bringing a bit of the world to Brunswick Street as well. This is The Culture Cult on Sin with Maria and Bex. Thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Mario, on The Culture Cult and wishing you a beautiful day. You too, and thank you for having me. Listening to The Culture Cult podcast, you can keep up with us on Instagram, culturecult underscore sin, if you'd like to say ciao, yasu, marhaba, salut, you can send us an email at culturecoltradio at gmail.com or follow us on Facebook at culturecoltradio. By Jennifer Lopez and Pitbull. You're probably wondering why we're playing such a well-known pop song on the Culture Cult where we exist to promote Middle Eastern and European culture. There is a cultural connection to this song. Uh, so the, the track sampled in it is actually uh, a track by Kaoma Lambada, a 1980s song, which is the Forbidden Dance because it's very saucy, very sensual. <laughs> this was my mum's jam when she was a teenager and I think a lot of young teens back in, was it the 80s? Yeah, late 80s, 1989. So have a little listen to it. Oh, very, very nice. And it's in Portuguese, I believe, because Maria's learning Spanish, but couldn't quite grasp all the lyrics in it. I heard that song on the dance floor at 3 Z's 30-year celebration ball on Saturday night, which was just spectacular to be around. 3 Z is a community broadcaster in Melbourne, so a bit like Sin, lots of volunteers making things happen, broadcasting in many different languages. A lot of the music on the dance floor on the night, the DJ had the very fun le- fun job of catering to everyone's language yes. interests. There was Balkan music. I know you would have enjoyed that, Maria. Oh, my God, yes. There was a big Zorba circle going at one point. Of course, some Arabic dubki featured. And at one point, a group of the South Indian community were teaching everyone Bollywood-style dancing. Incredible. Which was so much fun. One of the main differences I noticed is, unlike our Dubki two-step that we learned with our special guest Robbie last week on the show, this has a lot more arm movement and it's a lot more a lot more assertive in the dance moves. So it was a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah, so at one point there was like over 50 people, total newbies, never had done um, Bollywood dancing before, all learning their steps at the same time. What was some of the variation in music like? What kind of yeah. sounds and instruments? Um, so this had still had a lot of drums, but it was a lot more like call and answer style. 
and it wasn't so circular, the dancing. It was more in a line mm-hmm. with a couple of lead dancers in the front sort of teaching everyone, and everyone was sort of mirroring their moves, which was just spectacular to see, and that was a, such a fun event to be a part of. You can check out the highlights on our Instagram at culturecult underscore sin. Also on our story at the moment, you can see our coffee grounds, which are going to be read in less than 10 minutes by Funda of Divine Tarot Energy in Melbourne. So she's going to, we prepared the coffee very early in the morning. We've let it set and Maria is firing off the photos to her as we speak so that she can read them and answer our questions and give us a little bit of an insight into our fortune. The Culture Cult on Sin with Bex and Maria. We heard we had an interview with Mario from Mario's Cafe in Brunswick earlier on the show. The songs you just heard, um, Kayoma Lombarda and Sahara. So Kayoma Lombarda was, you'd recognise that familiar riff um, in On the Floor by J-Lo and Maria's fave, Pitbull. She was just telling me in the song break, <laughs> I'm outing you. Underrated. <laughs> He's so underrated. She said, Pex, no, really, like, Pitbull, he deserves more credit than he gets. And I had a funny anecdote from when I saw Enrique Iglesias way back in the day. He did a concert in Melbourne and he was pretty under the weather. So the warm-ups were Pitbull and DJ Havana Brown. And Pitbull dragged out his uh, warm-up set for over an hour to accommodate Enrique, to which Maria said, see, he's a good friend, Bex. Made it work. (laughs) He kept the crowd entertained, getting pretty grumpy that Enrique wasn't out on the stage yet. So this is a bit of a cafe kind of episode. We've kind of transformed our studio, imagining it as a bit of a cafe. We're still waiting to have our coffee read and we're anticipating we want to hear our fortune read. So in the meantime, we can say something real. Oh no! I was just going to look to me like, "Hey, oh no!" I'm just with coffee cup reading. It's really interesting. While we were doing our research and prepping for the show, uh, we learned there's a lot of coffee cup readers around Melbourne uh, and people who do it along with other spiritual practices. But something interesting about the modern world is there are people who do it via photos, like via correspondence, where you text a photo of your cup Mm. uh, or email, and then they give you your reading. And that's what we're doing in the studio today with Funda of Live Tarot Energy. Um, But she's also, she's a coffee cup reader and psychic in Melbourne. The magic of radio, the magic of technology. This was a song that I came across, Sepa Mig Nu, which I probably said very wrong, um, Swedish-Norwegian group, who interestingly sing in their own languages, but they've created this, well, they've sort of blended this style, very influenced by Middle Eastern culture, and they dub their style Hafle music. So Hafle in Arabic just meaning like a gathering, a party, a celebration. So I was like, wow, all that is travelling through the region, blending their influences this is a really fun, upbeat song to get you through the morning. And this is The Culture Cult on Sin. The Culture Cult on Sin. Another track from Yorgos Mazonakis, Greek legend, laico, pop singer. That was Ejo Pira, Ejo Pira, which means I've been through worse. <laughs> An positive, <laughs> positive. <laughs> like we're, we're in a bit of a trying time, but I've been through worse. <laughs> I'm going to get through it. 
<laughs> Love that. Relatable. Yeah. Um, so we're just about ready to have our coffee fortunes read. And we're joined now by Funda from Divine Tarot Energy. Welcome, Funda. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the cult this morning. We've been, we've been getting so excited with anticipation. We came into the studio early to prepare our coffee and we've used the magic of technology <laughs> to send you a photo, a snapshot of our cups. Yes, thank you for sending it. <laughs> Before we put you on the spot and ask for our readings, would you like to let our listeners know how you got into this practice in the first place? Sure. Well, my grandmother and mother have always been doing Turkish coffee cup readings. So I was introduced to it when I was very young. So I guess I was always very interested in it. And um, I've been doing it for about 10 years. And I decided to do a big career change about a year ago and made it my full-time business. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. That's beautiful. And when uh, when we're talking about reading cups, uh, what exactly are you reading? Is it symbols of uh, the leftovers? Is it positioning? Yep. So it's um, tassiography. So it's just the residue of the coffee uh, granules that's left behind. And it's just the feeling that you also get. So it's a lot of mm. energy as well as the imagery that you do pick up. On that note, could we have our readings? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So you did send in images with um, some pictures. Mm. That's right. So um, I can start off with maybe Maria. Yes. Yep. So there was um, a few questions about Korea and I guess um, going overseas. So the first thing I saw with Maria's reading or her cup was... um, before the question was even sent in was the career side of it. So I picked that up straight away. Mm. And yeah. what I saw was that there was definitely going to be a career change. And it is something that has been planned for quite some time. Um, it's something that's been in Maria's mind for quite a while. Oh my gosh. And I saw that Maria is definitely a go-getter. She's very passionate. And she's going to definitely take a huge leap with this and she's on the right path. And uh, very I feel reassuring. like Maria's, yeah, Maria's definitely got quite a lot of knowledge, um, as well as a lot of uh, academic kind of degrees under her belt and a lot of experience to be able to achieve this. And when she does go for an interview, she's going to have an interview with a woman with long hair and they're going to connect, Okay. This is very specific. Wow. Yes. And I'm not sure, does Maria have a sister? Yes. I have a younger sister. Yeah. We're very close. Okay. Yes. I was going to say you're very close and your sister's going to help you through this. So I feel like your sister's a very big support network to you. It's true. Yeah. Your sister's going to really help you through this and I feel like your connection's going to grow even stronger. I'm not sure how old Maria is, but the number 33 popped up. Mm -hmm. So 33 was very significant. And after this career change, I do see Maria traveling and I do see a split of two countries. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure what Maria's background is, but I do see her traveling to two different places. And I do see her staying there for, I would say about a year, not more than a year. 
and she will do this alone. Okay, so this is something that she's going to kind of conquer and do on her own. And there was a gleam of white light, which is, I also do aura readings. So with the gleam of white light, it is very reassuring and shows me that um, everything in her future is going to go very, very well. Okay, so that's very reassuring to see. So yes, on the um, verge of new career change. And yeah, she's got a very promising future. Wow, this is very uplifting. We're doing a live stream to our Instagram, so I'm capturing Maria's um, visual reaction as we speak. This is a culture called On Sin with Maria and Bex, and Funda is on the line reading our coffee cup uh, fortunes or readings. Thank you so much, Funda. Um, no problem. Thank you. I really, I feel like I'm in a quarter life crisis and there oh. are two countries yeah. in my mind of where to go first. Um, but the positivity in my reading as well is very uplifting and thank you. Um, shall we uh, go into Bex now? Yes, thank definitely. You. Okay, so Beck, uh, your question was, will I face a difficult choice in my career? Mm. So I did see Beck juggling a few things at once at the moment. Um, it could be with career and life itself. Yes. Uh, which can sometimes take a toll on you. Okay, so I'm seeing you kind of just juggling a few things at the moment. Uh, you do work very, very well under pressure. That's the impression that I got. And you always get the job done. I feel like you kind of... Sometimes you're given a lot at once, but yes. you get it all done. That's okay. how I would describe you. <laughs> yes. Maria's my very um, good friend as well and co-host, so she's nodding in agreement. <laughs> yes, so you both know each other quite well. Yes. Uh, yes, so you do take on quite a few things sometimes. I mean, you can say no, but you just, you just take it on anyway. Mm. And I do see you having a discussion with someone. Okay, in the workplace, I feel like this is a male. They look like they were kind of tall, not too tall, but maybe a little bit taller than you, thin, Bill. Um, so you're definitely going to be having a discussion with someone soon. And you've got something in the back of your mind that you already know you're going to do. I don't want to say too much, but you already know what you want to do and you are going to do that. I just want to let you know. And that road is going to make you a little bit more maybe blissful and happy. Mm. Um, and it's going to be kind of positive for you. The next few weeks may be a little bit stressful, but it is going to come into a good bite, okay? But you are juggling a lot, and I feel that you may need to concentrate more on you and that it's okay to say no to a few things. That is very reassuring and... Maybe we'll continue talking yeah. off air as well. This is hitting a few nerves. Rebecca's been nodding the whole time, like, with oh, great agree- yeah. agreeableness. Yes, yes. Um, wow, I'm a bit speechless. <laughs> this is the Culture Cult on Sin, and Funda's been reading our coffee readings. Thank you so much, Funda. Yes. Where can our listeners no, find you? Uh, so I'm in Hallam in the southeastern suburbs, Hallam, but I also have a website, which is www.divinetarotenergy.com or on Facebook, Divine Tarot Energy. And you offer coffee cup readings and you mentioned aura readings and what other services? Yes, astrology, numerology. Um, I also do photo readings. So you can bring along a photo of someone and I can do a reading of them and tarot card readings as well. Lovely. We've reached the pointy end of our show today, but just a quick reminder that you can catch us and 
catch up on our podcast, which we upload to the show. There'll be a link on our Facebook page at Culture Cult Sin, S-Y-N. Always feel free to shoot us an email as well at Culture Cult Radio and hit us up on the gram at Culture Cult underscore Sin. This is another show for the week and we'll be back Tuesday, same time. Have a great week, everyone.